0: hey guys welcome to the Lane foundations podcast this is your co-host davis hambrick joining alongside me today is mr walker watt what's up walker
1: what's up davis how's your day going
0: good man i uh i feel like i'm a part of the dirt industry uh this new yeah. job that i'm on has a bunch of equipment i think there's more equipment than people which i might not even put that out there you but get to drive around on have it? some? no oh. i actually i got the ride i got the ride shotgun one of the uh I don't know what you would call it, the actual term for it, but it's the massive dump trucks, the people oh, that load yeah. up all the dirt.
1: Yeah. What do
0: they call those?
1: I'm not, do you know, big A dump trucks. That's,
0: that's, there you go. What they call the guy was showing me, showing me like uh, how it can, on a certain grade with a payload, it yeah. can, it'll lock in gear and it won't go over a certain thing. So, like, oh, that's his cool. payload that he could take with the truck was like 120,000 pounds. I had no idea how oh, massive. Wow these trucks were and so um i saw another guy with an excavator he started trenching and he said his bucket was four feet wide And so this I, this has nothing to do with the podcast but Jeez. just an interesting thing about what i was going through today but what about you walker
1: that's awesome man it's been a good day i went to the dentist got my teeth clean so that was fun I always like one of those you do that. doing that um so i feel good now you know you don't want to ever eat food after you do it because you're like man they're not going to ever be as clean as they are right now uh, but man, it's just another day at work. Uh, you know, we, we both enjoy what we do, so it's not, not too bad starting off on a Monday. So today we had on our show, Paul Collart. Uh, he lives in Silicon Valley, which is pretty cool. Got the a little Cal- California guy on the show. I haven't had too many of those. we had a few, but, uh, so he is the vice president of strategy for a company called Cupix. Uh, and they're pretty much a, a construction, uh, technology company. And, and, and pretty much they just take, uh, you know, they help you do ass builds, they help you take the what a construction looks like versus what it's supposed to look like. You can and, and the technology is not nearly uh as complicated or maybe I can say heavy as like a point right. cloud system is, you know, where you have millions of points and it takes you forever to to go. And I explain what a point cloud system is and BIM and everything later on in the podcast. So if you're wondering what I'm saying, just listen in. But he <laughs> he takes all this and and it's it's just, it's not as heavy. It's it's a lot simpler. It's a lot easier uh, to use. Really, anyone can use it and help integrate it in, in the software. Uh, and if there's something you're interested in, then tune in and learn a little bit more because Paul can can better explain it than we can. Uh, but it was definitely fascinating. Learned a ton about construction technology and, and kind of how the industry is changing and evolving. Davis, you know, what was your take on it?
0: Man, I love the analogies that he used because, um, it set it set up my understanding very well. You know, he talks about the Google Street View. We pick up right after the Google Street View. So everybody knows about Google and how his Google Maps and how you can see every road. Well, think about what they do. Paul's company just does that for the AEC world. Meaning, in a building, you can literally take this software and use it and walk around. You can literally see progress as, as you're walking around. Which I think, yeah. whoever first came up with this idea was a pretty smart person. But to think that they do this at a high level. Um, and do it in a, in a place where um, it's not heavy on the side of technology in the, in the sense of you don't have to have a dang BIM degree and be yeah. a rocket scientist to figure out how, how to work a point cloud. You know how to take pictures, get it to scan into a system and be able to work through it. That, that's the, the part that I really like. And I think that's what some companies really don't think about. Software needs to be user friendly for to make technology for the masses.
1: Uh, exactly. It, very well said. Uh, but guys, you know, if, if you want to learn how construction technology is is integrated in a job site every day and how it is ever evolving, then tune in. Um, without further ado, Paul Collard. Yeah. So. Paul,
0: one of the things uh, we talk about a lot is that the construction industry is segmented into so many different other industries like to think that paul you started out in mechanical engineering and you're working in the technology space but you're part of the ac industry it's pretty cool to really think about that and it's one of the reasons we started this podcast was to show people you know there's more than one way into construction like you're segmented in construction even though uh you're not really in construction so it's like this thing that people think that um you know, if, if my son's going to go into construction, he's only going to be the only way to get in is if he's in a ditch with a shovel. When we're trying to show people, look at what Paul's done. He started out in a completely different field and worked the way up as an entrepreneur uh, and found a way to be in this software company. And he's a VP of strategy now, and he's in the construction industry. It's pretty cool,
1: isn't it?
2: Yeah. And, and actually, before Cupix, I was more on, like I was saying, kind of on the, the architectural side, on the right. design side, right. pre-construction. And then I was more on the back end for facilities, for facilities management, operations, and maintenance. And then coming into Cupix when we're trying to decide where things fit, um, you know, it was more, it, it, it's definitely our target is construction and construction right. progress and things like that. So, so I was kind of involved with that more from a construction administration standpoint with like an architectural hat on, um, but not day to day was I on a, a job site. And, and, you know, today I love going on the job sites. Um, That's I, I stuff. don't pass up any yeah. opportunity to get on a job
0: site. So, all right. Well, Paul, tell us about Cubix. You know, whenever I was online looking at kind of the packages, there's this part where it goes pre-construction, during construction, post-construction facilities. If someone in a company would come to Paul and say, Hey, what's the package that I can get the most bang for my buck? What would that be?
2: Well, uh, it, it's and the reason you see that is that we we designed our software so that it can be used throughout the built world lifecycle. So so we really designed it so it could work in pre-construction, pre-design. It can work during construction, and then also be used in facilities management, operations, and maintenance. Let's say on the handover of this facility to people. But where we really see our you know our sweet spot is during construction. Um, because that construction site is changing hourly, daily, um, we're able to provide a you know, an accurate visual record of that yep. really fast. So as fast as just walking around with a 360 camera taking video. Um and, and then some of the things that we're able to do now with that, and with kind of this intelligence we have that that synchronizes 3D with them and other solutions is we just released what we call Site Insights recently, where we're actually using this time-based data, where this time-based data is you're taking video captures often. And we're able to then determine changes that are happening between that time-based data. And it's kind of using these, like you hear digital twin a lot in the industry right now. And I think everybody has a little bit different idea of what a digital twin means. (laughs) Um, But we see digital twin as, you know, being able to just provide, it's providing insights on anything. Mm -hmm. Because digital twin really came from the, kind of the manufacturing world um, where, you know, you think of a jet engine and what they're doing is they're getting real-time sensors out of that that jet engine, everything has a sensor and you every millisecond, you're getting information. And then you're, you're taking that data and analyzing the data, how to predict what's going to happen how am I going to make it more efficient? And that's my definition of a digital twin is being able to collect information and predict and maintain and make better decisions and things like that. And kind of why you don't, you know, you're starting to see this more in construction. Is, is it why why it was hard in construction is, you know that that jet engine never changes, hmm. or you know it's they they created a thousand of those digital, they they yeah. created a thousand of those engines, so they it's really easy that for them to pro, you know all the same sensors and everything you're always getting the same data in. Good point. Kind of know what's going to go wrong. In construction, everything's a one off. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: So Good one, point. you find your documents aren't as good um, because you're, you're building a one-off. Whereas that jet engine, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to create a thousand of them. I need really good documents because I'm going to repeat, 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 repeat. But in construction, you know, it's getting good documents is an issue um, and then keeping them up to date because it doesn't always get to, you know, it's not built as designed. Um, And and so, and so with that, because it's changing so often, um, it becomes hard to predict what's going to happen and things like that. Yeah. And that's how we're applying what, what we're calling our implementation of digital twin technology of collecting all the reality capture data. And for us, the reality capture is primarily this imagery that you can capture once a week, three times a week, every day. And... We see that as that real-time feed of data, and we see it change, and we're able to determine what's changing from capture to capture to capture to capture, and use that as a way to, one, figure out what's changing, and then from there, be able to predict or show the progress and show these other different things to help then optimize that entire process through that construction process.
1: That's that's super cool. I, I love what you said about there because it, I do it every day, but I never really thought about that concept of it just kind of being a, a one-off. You know, there's really no you can never duplicate a building exactly the same. You know, it, because that building's in a plot of land that's occupied. Even if you build right next to that plot of land, that land's going to be different because it, it's it's not you. The land in the world is not the same. There's not one acre of land that's exactly the same. Whereas you're right, building a jet engine, it might be different types of material, but you're doing it the exact same way with the same material that's coming from the same place. And sure, there might be some differences in the molecular level, but overall it's very similar. That's a great point. Now I love the way you put it. Paul, going into a little bit, you know, kind of what what are you looking forward to? Oh, let me ask a better question, laying foundation style. What are you what foundations are you laying today that's going to help prepare? cupix and, and yourself for the future kind of what is the vision that you're seeing and, and where do y'all want to take it
2: um well and i you know it's it's as a company um it's we're we're kind of at this inflection point right now in terms of you know a lot of people hadn't heard of us um because we spent so much time and effort into kind of this platform and the technology and I, I really do that. That's what sets us apart. Um and and a part of that now is this last year has seen incredible growth on our end. Um, in that the the structure of the company, we actually have a, a Korean team and a US team. And all of our development actually is in Korea. Okay. And so our founder is Korean. Um and he has started in. And actually, that's a, a kind of a good story of, of our founder in that he is a pioneer in, you know, you're talking about point clouds. He's a pioneer in that industry. Um, so he he was doing this in the mechanical engineering world. Um, he was taking point cloud data, started this in the in the 90s, and creating point clouds into parametric parts and 3D meshes for you know, manufacturing automotive. Um and Kind of my analogy to that was he was doing scan to BIM for mechanical engineering. Um, Kind of the analogy in the AEC terms and sold that company. Um, It's still the most widely used software program for that in the world. Um, And then he started another company where he's like, let's take it to the cloud so everybody can share it. And kind of my analogy, the the similar program in the AEC is like BIM 360. Um, So he created these types of applications um, very early on. And Cupix is his third go-around of a company. Um, took his best engineering talent that he had working for him before, and now we're applying that with industry experts and doing the same thing in AEC now. Um, and I think in terms of our future, it's really just starting, in my opinion. Um, so you know, the growth of the company is we're we're hitting about a hundred people now, and. It's really, we're building off this platform such that we're able to now really take what we're doing into different workflows. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's not just going to be, let's say, tracking progress or, you know, again, that's going to be a big part of it is extending that, but being able to take this into other workflows such that we can bring our workflow, let's say, into Revit. Or let's bring it into Navisworks to help with clash detection. Um, Or let's bring it into whatever application can leverage this visual information to help make better decisions. Because even in in applications where you're doing, let's say, clash detection in BIM, you're still working with something abstract. That BIM model is still abstract. You know, it all depends on the level of detail you built that thing out. And, you know, you're working on a chiller and it's a box. How, you know, it's really hard to understand what does that really look like? Right. And that's the thing is we can tell you exactly how it looks like, but in the future, it doesn't necessarily have to be inside of our, our application, bring our data into your application. That's and cool. so if you're doing clash detection, um, and this is a big part of our, our strategy is everything's API driven. So we have a complete open API such that it can, you can bring it into your clash detection software. Or you can bring it into your BIM offering, Revit, or GraphSoft. I mean, pretty much everybody uses Revit. Um,
1: What's so, API,
2: Paul? Uh, application programming interface. So okay. um, just a way so that um, it's in a way to extend our application to work with other systems. Seems. That's cool. That's cool. Um, and then a That's big cool. part of that, too, is... Um, you know, a big part of this is taking it into the facilities realm in operations and maintenance is that you're tracking all this information during construction. It's kind of that whole handover aspect. And it drops off after that, yeah. Um, And so, and especially it's, I I know many projects now or I know many contractors are trying to, you know, update the BIM model during construction. So this handoff is something accurate, but not everybody's doing that or maybe you don't even have them, you know, maybe you're trying to update the 2D drawings to, you know, have them as a a handover, Uh, but we see what we're collecting as a, another handover to them um, where, where again, we, we, we feel the visual sometimes is more useful because you don't have to be thinking about, well, what does this really look like? Um, Even with the BIM handover, Again, it's that you're working with abstract shapes. You know, they didn't model the rebar, they didn't model the the insulation or the actual locations of the pipes behind the walls. Whereas, well, we can visually show you where that is. That's
1: cool. Yeah, I know a I know a company that kind of it's it's similar to what you're doing, but uh, I don't know exactly all the details of it. Pretty much, they'll they would take uh, like glasses. Type I don't know Google type whatever glasses that have uh, cameras on them and, and whatnot VR yeah. Uh, VR yeah kind of but a little bit different but they could uh, essentially if you were in a facility and you had a piece of equipment breakdown you couldn't get a, a a guy out there to fix it you could have them put these glasses on and the guy in the factory could put the glasses on so the the tech has it and the and the worker in the factory has the glasses on. So the guy that the who's the tech can see exactly what the guy's looking at he can see specs on his glasses he can see yeah. what it's supposed to look like in real uh in, in on on the plans and in real life at the same time and he can walk this guy through on how to how to fix it and, and what's wrong or where things are supposed to be so it's kind of what you're talking about just uh that's in the manufacturing type you know uh area yeah, but, but that's also coming construction.
2: to construction now too so yeah you know being able to do the same thing right so more of a you know there's a bunch of buzzwords, but more of an augmented reality or mixed reality in the environment so
1: are y'all experimenting with anything in, in that realm or are you, you know we haven't
2: you know our we're doing r and d all the time um and I think we've come to the whole idea of you know AR mixed reality is probably something we would extend through a partnership gotcha through our api. So to be able to make it available to people in that a lot of times in the construction site, what you're seeing is the ability to bring the BIM model to the field in an augmented way. And where we see our data is, again, we understand spatially where that data is Mm -hmm. to then also bring our data so that it could also come to those heads up devices also.
0: That's cool. Paul, I thought it was pretty cool when you mentioned, um, you know, some are, maybe it was Walker, but we mentioned how, you know, we can't even get some people to do as-built drawings correctly. So this would be a perfect use right here. They use this, uh, this application for that. But tell us a little bit about some of the success stories from general contractors. Have there been people that have implemented this system and just raving fans from it?
2: Yes, absolutely. And it's really, it's, it's interesting how um, a lot of times all it does is take take you discovering one issue that pays for our software on its own. And and, and, and even at the basic level, not even talking about this whole idea of progress tracking and automatically detecting um, and integrating, let's say, with your schedule, um, a lot of times it's just a, you know, it's a CYA, CYA. You know, it's really knowing, you know, where the problems occurred and being able to go back and find out, you know, where does that responsibility lie um, and or finding them sooner than later. Um, And it's just just one issue like that could be large enough such that, you know, the cost of our software did not matter at all.
0: Mm, That's cool. Paul, as we wind down, we always ask these two questions. If you were talking to someone our age or looking to get into construction, what are some qualities you would tell them to have? um now you didn't prep
2: me for these questions
1: (laughs) that's right we like it off the cuff
2: um i mean i think a big part of it is the the desire to learn and motivation because if you have that it quite honestly doesn't matter if you have a college education or not if you're motivated enough um
0: there's there's You know, you can get into these industries without issue. That's right. That's right. I love that because the desire to learn, um, I think that sets someone apart just in itself because you can go out to a job site today and find someone that thinks they've arrived and they stopped learning and you can find someone and maybe a different contractor might be older, might be younger, but if he's willing to learn or she's willing to learn, I'm willing to go pick he or she easily every single day because you can teach them. You can mold them,
2: you know? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, being, you know, being on the job site or, you know, working in a firm, I mean, it's, you're going to learn 10 times. Well, I'm, I'm not trying to discourage people from going to college,
0: but, right, right. you know,
2: you're learning so much. It, it's, you're learning so much incredibly faster on the job.
0: Right. We like to think of it as a way of, we're not going to discourage college because, hey, you have three college grads right here talking, but now everyone's built for college and yeah. for some people it's smarter for them not to or if they I, for me personally now that I'm struggling with student loans I wish I would have done something in the construction field first and then got into it but hindsight's 2020 20. but you know I would love to encourage someone that man, if you, don't, if you don't know what you want to do right when you get out of college, don't stress out about, I mean, I got to have it. To me, the stress on me as I was an 18-year-old was I got to have my life figured out. I got to know what I'm going to graduate in four years. Like, then after that, I'm going to have to, like, you know, I just didn't know. I couldn't comprehend it. So let's set it up in a way where if college isn't for you or if you want to go back later, you know, that's completely your choice.
2: Well, I, I was the same boat when I was 17, 18. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And so I had my, you know, my all of my siblings were electrical engineers two right. older sisters and older yes. brother all electric they didn't have computer science back then that's how old we are um, <laughs> and uh and i, I was like i don't no want so my 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 dad was like oh just go into mechanical engineering
0: okay
1: so <laughs> that's what i did that's good
0: i think there's uh not that we're about to go off on a different rabbit hole here but <laughs> i thought uh if you if you at least in our, in our area in alabama if you had a survey of how many kids are going to college, I think, it, you know, 98% of the kids raise their hand, but only 70% are going. And of those 70%, they get into college that first year, like 60% of them don't even they're, make it.
1: They're out you know, there. and it's yeah. just
0: like, you know, for me, I really want to show people to find their passion and purpose, find something that you're really going to enjoy. Like, obviously we want to be able to, to, to pay our bills and provide for our families and, you know, move up in advance. I get that. But if you find something that you're passionate about and you're purposeful and you just live in it and you love it, like that's what it's about.
2: Totally agree. And, and that's what I, that's what I tell my daughters too. So they're at that age pretty soon thinking about that. And I'm, you know, If they don't want to or just want to go to junior college, that's fine. Right.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I would rather put my time and effort into someone who is inquisitive and who works hard and who and who is interested in what they're doing. Because, you know, we have people come to our company who just started and I'm not I mean, I'm pretty green myself, but. I've been here a little bit to where I, I you know, I, I've developed some skills, but when people are like, Hey, what do you, what are you doing here? How do you do that? What is this? What is that? I'm like, yeah, come on, let me show you, let me help you. Like, I'd love to bring you along. Whereas if someone's just like, Oh yeah, that that looks cool. You know, and they sit on their computer all day or not do anything, or they're not even interested in learning The the person who is always inquisitive and is willing to ask questions and self motivated. Well, and, that's who I'm more to willing to want to
2: wanna work. Exactly. So
1: someone yeah. like that. Yep. So, so Paul, Uh, our final question that we like to ask, uh, you know, Uh you (laughs) (laughs) like a lot of pretty much all the guests that we have had on here, they're all, uh, you know, incredible and they've done an an insane amount of things, uh, and you are no different for sure. So with all of the knowledge and wisdom that you've developed over your lifetime of of learning and, and growing entrepreneurship and developing, you know, what would you go back and tell your 20 year old self with the knowledge and wisdom that you know now?
2: Well, one, first off, you're making me sound really old.
1: Oh, uh, we do that to <laughs> everyone. That Don't intro. worry.
2: Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I think, I think, uh, you know, Davis, you're just hitting on it. Is just go with your passion. Go with, go with you. You know, go with, you know, what really interests you. Um, I mean, I, I you can't go wrong. With-
1: I'm writing it down, Paul. That that's awesome. You you've had some some great pieces of advice and and wisdom and uh really gave davis and i a uh a school lesson on on how all this stuff works because i deal with it on a on a daily basis we do a ton of clash detection and and a lot of what we do is is point cloud based and bim but or you know um cad and all that kind of kind of stuff but this is cupix is definitely a a whole different way of, of thinking about it of doing it and i can see how uh, integrating it into a lot of different systems, especially the maintenance and, and operation system too. It, it would be huge, you know, because it kind of stops then. Uh, but but Paul, we appreciate you so much coming on here and, and being willing to, to give us your time and share with us what you're doing. And how how can our listeners uh, learn more about you, get in contact with you, learn more about Cupix, whatever you want to share?
2: Uh, Just, you know, just go to www.cupix.com and anybody's welcome to reach out to me just paul.culler at cupix.com cool thank
1: you paul appreciate it hey thanks
2: for having me guys i appreciate it
1: thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast today we cannot tell you how thankful we are for every single one of our listeners and we genuinely want to know and learn about you a little bit more so if you're interested uh, maybe sending us a question or just saying hey or wanted to talk to us a little bit please reach out to us at contact at laying-foundations.com if you need if you didn't hear that didn't understand it you can go in our show notes and just click on the link and write us an email please we would absolutely love to hear from you seriously me and davis get excited every single time we get an email from one of our listeners it 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 genuinely makes our day but if you want to find out a little bit more about us uh, via social media davis is going to tell you a little bit how to do that
0: yeah thanks walker guys like walker said Reach out to us any way you can. We appreciate feedback, whether you like it or not. You know, it helps us grow in any way. We're welcome. We're, we're here to listen. And whenever you guys tell us, we're going to try to implement that into our strategy. But how to get in contact with us on social media. We have a LinkedIn account called the Lang Foundations Podcast. We have uh, Walker, Walker Lott's LinkedIn profile. We have Davis Hambrick LinkedIn profile. We have a TikTok page called Lang.Foundations. We have an Instagram page, Lang foundations and then you know that's where we're at these are all down in the in the show notes but guys we just want to put this out there and however you want to get in contact with us we're 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 imploring you please just reach out to us we'll respond we'll get back to you and we want to hear from you that that, you're the reason one of the reasons why we're doing this we want to hear from you we want to hear feedback how can we grow and how can we get better because like we said before um Receiving accountability and receiving feedback is one of our core values, and that defines Walker and I at our core. We want to hear your feedback, and we want to be held accountable.